On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we're looking back at the first weekend of March Madness. Ohio State goes down as a number two seed. We've also got major disappointment from the Big Ten. And can Gonzaga finally come through? We are going to look at the Sweet 16 and moving on. We're going to give you a couple options. We're going to lay down some teams that we think as an underdog could get a straight outright win. Give me the money line and the dog plus money. Stay tuned to see which team that is on Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, where we're talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I'm your co-host. Back off of a little week's hiatus, feeling fresh, feeling refreshed, ready to hit the ground running. I'm joined by Mr. Model Aaron. How you doing tonight, my friend? It's great to have you back in the driver's seat. It wasn't the same with me doing the introduction last week, where Coulter and I were just talking March Madness between the two of us. I like having you play point and giving us some assists. You know, it felt weird. I think I even botched the intro there a little bit. You know, I just gotta get <laughs> gotta get back into the speed of things, you know? Just dishing out assists here. We've also got our insider Coulter. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, how's it going? Uh, excited to talk about March Madness with you guys. Another fun week of uh, games and you know, Kaz, I have to say the most exciting news might have happened earlier today with the uh, Richmond Spiders. Huh? Ah, that I game know. was a heartbreaker. I was texting my buddy. He, he uh, picked the point spread. He got the Spiders plus, I think, six and a half. And I told him that was a great bet. And their, their MO this whole season, they just couldn't finish the game. They just couldn't finish it. They ended up losing by a point, which tough loss. But, you know, NIT, who would have thought we'd be leading off with the NIT when we got the March Madness going on, but hey, it is what it is. And you that's didn't what see me going in that direction. We talked pre-pod like 20 <laughs> minutes on March Madness, and I, I swerved as we're recording into the NIT. Well, I was just watching it. I had to, I had to throw it out there and mention it. It was tough. My, my parents you know, are alum, so you know when I watch, I think of them, but then I always think of you too because you went there as well. You know, the Spider family, we're, we're out there. It was a devastating loss, but you know, hey, we got March Madness took a year off and it was back better than ever. I initially was a little hesitant uh, about the actual schedule and that they were starting on the Friday and not the Thursday, but I got to say, you know, being working from home, it was incredible because you got the tail end on Monday and I took Friday off of work. So I just, you know, purely, I've been doing that for years, sat down and watched every game. It was incredible. And then Monday, I just pulled up my computer and turned my head and got to watch all the games on Monday. Mr. Model, I don't think it gets any better than that. It does not get any better than that. And I think it flowed really nicely moving Friday into Saturday. And I'm going to be curious to see what they choose to do a year from now when the tournament is back and maybe in a more traditional setup. But uh, I thought it played really nice. You got some fantastic uh, games that were exciting those first two days. Tell you what, those those two days could uh, rival any of the two best sports days of the year. Oh, completely agree. And Colter, this is a conversation we could have for hours, but it's definitely up there. As in my opinion, it goes up there with like the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, you know, conference championship. But this NCA, the first two days, is just unlike any other sporting event out there. 
Oh, I totally agree. And I actually love the uh, second round myself too. Cause you get, I feel like every other tournament you get someone like Loyola beating in Illinois. And, and those are the kind of upsets. Like people remember the 12 fives and that's how they always talk about oh, the 12, five, 12, five, you know, who's going to be this year's Cinderella. But really the, the true pure upsets is when you get a team that's just completely rack jacked by the tournament committee, like Loyola ninth, ninth ranked in the uh, Ken Palm rankings. And they're an eight seed overall. Uh, and you know what? The, they tried bouncing them from this tournament and Loyola shoved it right back in the tournament committee's face. I love that. And I love the second round because you always see kind of like the uh, who the week number one is. And so this year provided a little upset. And those are the upsets I kind of remember more than the first round ones. But I do love the first round, too. And I agree. This first weekend is right up there with Masters and, and uh, Conference Championship in NFL. And, you know, we should have thought more deeply about this because we always look for angles. Mr. Model, I know you got the data, but as the just the, the man, as a gambler, you're always looking for little things out there. Not recognizing that Sister Jean, A, was still alive, but B, is bringing the luck to Loyola. I mean, Jesus, how do we miss that? <laughs> what about God going undefeated the first couple of days? Yeah. You had Oral Roberts and Abilene Christian. Gonzaga is the tournament favorite. You have Creighton somehow escaping by the chin of their chinny chin chins. Villanova, they're back. They're resuscitated. All these Catholic and Christian schools. It's insane. God is winning in this tournament in a big way. <laughs> Good big weekend way. for God. <laughs> oh, what? You know, we're in Lent, you know. Yeah. You're right. Sister Jean is the one, though. I have to say, of all the religious schools, I really, I mean, they're they're still standing. And, I mean, obviously, Abilene Christian is home. But, like, I think they can make a deep run. And I don't know if it's her or it's something in the water there. But I, I don't know. I think they might be poised again. I was telling my brother, it reminds me of when Butler went to play Duke. And, and this is goes back to the eight one thing because that next year I'm almost positive Butler was an eight seed and nobody thought they would go back to the title game after they just got their souls crushed by Duke on that missed uh, Gordon Hayward shot and of course they went all the way back and I'm almost positive they were an eight seed they played UConn and lost again but man I I feel like Loyola is kind of like a mirror replicate of that that Butler team this year for some reason I could just it's my hunch. And I think that's a great segue. So the first game that's happening on Saturday this weekend, Oregon State is playing Loyola Chicago. I think these two teams are maybe the biggest momentum teams that we have in the tournament right now. Both of them cannot get much hotter than what they've been playing the last two or three games apiece. Uh, the line that I'm seeing for this game is Loyola favored by six and a half or seven points based on where you look. What's your guys' initial take on that? Man, I think I got to take Loyola and lay the points there. I mean, they're super hot. I know Oregon state, they got red hot. They won the pac 12, right? And they, they just carried on that momentum. So, I mean, good for them, but you know, I watched that Loyola Illinois game very closely and I had Illinois originally when I filled out my bracket, Illinois was my, my champion. And then I changed it to Gonzaga. But in my head, I'm like, listen, they got Coburn. They got AO. They're a nasty team and they got completely shut down by Loyola. I didn't realize how good they are on defense. I mean, that is a stifling defense and they, Illinois couldn't do anything. They couldn't get shots off. They couldn't run any offensive that they wanted. Usually when you see a, you know, college teams, they're, they're struggling on that pick and roll and, and defending that. But that big guy for, I, I mean, I'm blanking on his name for Loyola, the guy with the mustache who I, I'm just obsessed with. Kurtwig. Thank you. Unbelievable. Not only on offense, but he comes out and flashes on the high point and pick and roll and just shuts down these guards. And I was blown away. So I think I got to take Loyola there. What's uh, what's your initial take there, Mr. Model? 
I, I'm in full agreement. I actually think that they play some stifling defense in this game and, and keep Oregon State in check. Um, the over-under in this game is pretty low. It's at 125 right now. So this is definitely going to be a low-scoring game. And I, I really think that you see them come out and uh, hold Oregon State to a low scoring and, and cover the, the point spread that we're seeing. Colter, who do you like in that game? Uh, I think I'm going to end up taking Loyola on the money line and parlaying it with somebody else like a Houston or maybe uh, even a Gonzaga the following day. Um, I don't know about the point spread just because they play so tight and I do like Oregon state's momentum. Um, And this is a key point and we can get to it when we talk about Florida state, if we want to, or whenever we have our PAC 12 discussion, but I've, I've been hearing this all week. It's like, you know, Colorado is the team that got blown out. Uh, of these Pac-12 teams. So what does that mean? Is that is that the Pac-12, is that uh, is it, you know, what we thought it was as a conference or is it underrated, overrated? It had such a good weekend, 9-1 ATS. But, is, you know, is the wrath coming? Is it, you know, is USC going to be the only team that advances to the round of eight? Is UCLA going to get bounced along with this Oregon State team? I will say this, though. My point about Colorado is they got bounced on the day of that shooting, did they not? I mean, I think CU is a little distracted about what happened in Boulder that day. And I think the PAC 12 might actually be the best conference, uh, in this tournament. And so I can't take a team from that conference plus six and a half against a mid major. I think it's a lot of points for a mid major to be favored by with that said, Vegas is telling us one thing and one thing only here. They said Loyola is the better team, uh, a minus 280 money line favorite. That is a substantial money line favor for them to advance. As we were just kind of talking about the God wins, there, there's no way in my head I cannot see the eight versus. Uh, I personally think Houston too. Uh, I want I want to isolate those two. I don't want to parlay them necessarily, but I I just keep seeing that Loyola Houston matchup. I think they're both really efficient teams on defense. They're really well coached, and I just think that'll be a great game of basketball. My heart wants that as a basketball fan, so I keep projecting that. So that's I'm going with the Loyola advancing somehow, some way with sister team, but the points kind of scare me for sure. And, and, I, and under, under would be the play on this, the total two. I like. And a good said, uh, good segue, excuse me for the Midwest bracket there, because Mr. Model, we had a bet in, in, in principle, did not agree <laughs> with the terms on Syracuse, San Diego state. Uh, I pitched you when it was four or four. You're like, Nope, game started. Can't make the bet. <laughs> then I gave you an alternate line at halftime plus nine and a half for your boys in San Diego state. And you said, no, nope, not touching it. <laughs> and the two, three zone buddy Bayheim just rolling. And they look pretty good. What do you have to make about the Syracuse orange? You could give me 20 points at halftime when the team scores only 18 points and a half trying to play that two, three zone. There is no way I'm getting anywhere close to sniffing that stuff. I was shocked and appalled by how poorly San Diego state played when my model had them actually uh, covering that game. I think it was like six or eight points or no, it was three points is what the, the line was opened at. And I had San Diego state winning by eight boy. Could I not have been more wrong? On that one, I was shocked to see the Orange beat, win that one, and I was shocked to see the Orange win the next one, too. They've been playing great yeah. basketball, and they've been shooting lights out. I picked Syracuse because I grew up as a Big East basketball fan, and I'm so used to watching them in that Big East tournament playing that 2-3 zone that teams, even that teams that play them regularly get shook by that zone. And they play it so well, obviously, but they play it so differently. You see the two wing guys on the bottom that can stretch and cover the top of the three-point line to the point where, like, 
I know you said you like San Diego State because they have a really high three percent or three point field goal percentage, but man, can they cover and just force you to huck up bombs? And that's exactly what played out in that game. I will say though, I was surprised that they ended up beating West Virginia. I did think that, you know, the familiarity there with Huggins would have given him some kind of at least edge, but man, just sharp shooting by Buddy Beheim, and they're a hot team right now. But Houston, Coulter, I know you were talking about them. You still like Houston to come out and, and uh, win that game, right? I do. I really do. And yeah, not to give out two stupid, like, juiced money line plays, but I just kind of like both Houston and Loyola to advance. But I don't even know if I would parlay them necessarily because you just hit the nail on the head. Is like Houston and Oregon State are just so hot. Um, the one bet I really do like in this game that I wouldn't tell our listeners can go to is the plus three in the first half. Hughes jumped all over San Diego state in the first half of their games. They actually were up against Virginia in the game that they lost uh, in the AC ACC tournament. This is a first half team. And you mentioned the zone. It's stifling. If you're not familiar with it, Houston was also sluggish against Rutgers in the first half. Uh, they were obviously really down in the second half of that game, made an incredible comeback. So do like Hughes uh, and the points in the first half would be the, my angle in that game. Okay. Okay. Now I do want to shift brackets here because obviously the like early headlining upset was Oral Roberts beating Ohio State. I was just sitting so pretty going into that game, and I had Ohio State in my Final Four. And I feel like you know everyone you always find someone whose bracket gets just you know shattered to pieces in the earlier games. And I literally overreacted. I think that was like the fourth game or something like that. I ripped up my bracket. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it was a th- it was a three o'clock start on Friday afternoon. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, I don't even know why I'm going to watch this anymore. But despite that, I got hot. I got really hot. And we're in a, in a in another bracket pool. There are 48 entries, and this is particularly directed at Mr. Model because you're taking <laughs> some shots at me, my friend. I got up to number three overall out of 48, and I was like, wow, somehow I survived this. And what happens to me? The last game of the night, I believe on Saturday, was Texas and Abilene Christian. And to me, I actually think that was the bigger upset watching the games. Oral Roberts is legit. They can make free throws. They can shoot the ball. I mean, they, they're they a really good team. They put up 75 points and then 81 on Florida. But Texas, they put up 52 points against Abilene Christian. and Stifling defense. You think Shaka Smart would have some kind of – in-game adjustment, you think they got – I had – again, I'll raise my hand. Had Texas going to the Final Four, so that was what really put the nail in the coffin for me. But I picked them because they had three upperclassmen guards. And you think having three experienced guards would give you a major advantage in this tournament, and it was just awful. I mean, to me, it could just be Shaka Smarts was just not that good of a coach. But that Texas loss, Mr. Model, oof, did that hurt me. Yeah, that one stings bad. And I'll admit, I had them going past Abilene Christian for sure, not to mention on to the Sweet 16. That's obviously not going to happen. Um, one thing that really surprised me was how how many turnovers Abilene Christian was able to create in that game. That was just, just chaos for them trying to handle the ball. Um, they were trying to do way too many dribbles and just couldn't figure it out. So that was a huge win for them. And, you know, kudos to them. That was a big uh, maybe a recruiting boon for them in the years to come that they can, uh, you see what their, their AD said it could net the school long-term. What he threw out. I think he said the number he threw out and it, this was getting, he was getting roasted online was $160 million. that could net the university <laughs> long-term the exposure. I don't know if I believe of being, that. 
I don't believe it either. That's a lot of cash. But hey. I mean, they did get they did get a lot of exposure. Yeah, and why not inflate yourself? Maybe maybe eventually it'll uh, you know a, a self fulfilling prophecy, as they say. <laughs> if you see it, it is no dream. Yeah, exactly. Or if you if you will it, it is no dream. I should say that's Theodore Herzl, little so philosophy. Staying in that bracket, um, I, I'll turn this one over to you, Coulter, because you, you're riding them, and, and I actually had LSU to beat Michigan uh, in that second round matchup. And it looked for a little bit like that may have happened. They gave them a run for their money. I was banking on, uh, you know, their injury, their injury to the one of the star players, you know, maybe a little rusty. They didn't play great in the, the big 10 tourney, but man, they look good. My friend, what do you think on, uh, on Michigan? I think Michigan is max motivated. I think this big 10 storyline that's all of a sudden, uh, caught fire this week about how bad the big 10 was ATS and straight up in this tournament. Michigan, uh, you know, it's weird to have conference pride, but this is a team, the more they advance in this tournament, the more they get to recruit in the middle of the country and say, we are the elite program of the big 10. Look how further we got than Illinois, Iowa, Ohio state, Purdue, Jawan Howard is a player's coach. He is arguably the biggest named coach in that conference. This is a huge, huge statement for this program long-term. Speaking of net profits from this tournament and Abilene Christian, Michigan, of all the teams left in this dance, I would argue stands to gain the most because they can separate the most from the teams in their conference. Uh, and I love the fact that the, they're overcoming the COVID and the injury delivers. I love them to advance in this game. My favorite play of the week is actually a money line parlay straight up, or actually I should say it's a money line Michigan. And then uh, I'll take the points with UCLA plus six and a half, but I like UCLA to play Michigan in the elite eight. Michigan officially a basketball school. Now, how about that? I texted our good friend, Bill Hughes uh, about this. He's a Michigan fan. And uh, someone tweeted out probably one of the coldest tweets I've ever seen in my life. It said Oral Roberts, now has more wins over Ohio State than Jim Harbaugh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Just savage. But it, it, yeah. it is a basketball school, though. We're fooling ourselves. Michigan football doesn't compete on the level of an Alabama. Speaking of teams in their region, and we'll get to that UCLA game, I'm sure, in a second. But like Michigan's football program, it just isn't elite like that, you know? But I actually think this is the tournament, not to keep making this point, this is the tournament where Duke and Kentucky are sitting at home. Kansas just got bounced last week. This is a huge moment for the program. If they can get to the final four, bounce and undefeated Gonzaga, Michigan, I would argue, is the top program, the premier program in the, the country. The country. And I'll go one more uh, on the UCLA-Michigan point. Uh, you were just saying, you know, now they are a basketball school. I guarantee if ESPN did some sort of corny 30 for 30 on like the 30 best college basketball programs, UCLA would be number one and Michigan would crack the top five because of the fab five. Their influence on the game is that significant. I think the UCLA run under Wooden is obviously historic and is the, you know, the precedent setter and, you know, Shevsky's Duke teams over the years, but Michigan's fab five has had a tremendous influence on the game. I could see CBS hyping this matchup up big time, Michigan, UCLA, there's a historic factor on the line when they play in the league this year. And 
I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here because I think Michigan's matchup here against Florida State is not one to be overlooked. Florida State is a great team. They can shoot the lights out if they're hot. On our podcast, yeah. Listen, I want to like Florida State in this game. I don't like the Big Ten. I usually fade the Big Ten, but like I just think that this is a this is a max motivated team. I also, you know what? I forgot my main point. This is the double down trend special. We have a coaching advantage. I don't like Leonard Hamilton as a coach. He has been bounced so many times. And we talked about this last week, didn't we, Mr. Model? I love Florida State's athletes. I mean, they have, we talked about this last week on the podcast. They have six men who go to the NBA as fourth overall draft picks and are great. This is a great program. They don't win, though, because Hamilton holds them back. He's not a good coach. I think Michigan is green. Bye, bye, bye. And Michigan, the spread is so low, too. This game should be a six-point spread by Ken Palm's rankings, and it's a two-and-a-half points. This is value, value, value. I love Michigan. I'll be honest. Florida State's one of my last remaining teams after going so hot in this bracket edge, early. I've lost a lot of teams. And, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm hot. I'm telling you. I had the UCLA pick uh, against uh, Abilene the other night. I had Oral Roberts. I, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I so think this Michigan play is is a can miss money line and spread. I like them both. I like both for both the matchups in this bracket, this mm. region. I do. I really do. I will say one of my great pleasures in gambling is walking up to the window saying, uh, "I'll take Michigan money line spread. Give them to me both ways, baby." It's just something <laughs> that feels good about it. <laughs> All right, let's go up to the West bracket. Uh, I guess Gonzaga still the story here. Um, they look good. They look really good. They got a little bit. And now I don't want to say a scare from Norfolk state, but like early in that game, maybe the first like five, 10 minutes, it was still close. And then maybe it was like Gonzaga was just, you know, feeling their way out, but then they went on to blow them out. They blow out Oklahoma, but man, let's, let's continue with the big 10. Just disappointment. Iowa. I thought behind Luca Garza, they were going, I had them in the elite eight. Uh, so that part of my bracket is just busted, but man, oh man, they go down to Oregon and that game wasn't really that close either. Coulter, what do you make of that game? Better athletes on Oregon's side, classic, uh, you know, not enough people actually saw Oregon play, but this is a really efficient team. They shoot the ball. Well, they shoot free throws really well. Um, and yeah, Iowa, the thing that stood out to me in that game is how Iowa just kind of settled into losing it almost. Um, I think the difference between Illinois and Loyola, you saw a team that was just superior. I think Loyola was just better than them. Iowa definitely had almost defeatism in the second half, and it was just such a blowout. Um, yeah, that, I, all I I was working kind of during it. I just the body language on Iowa's bench was just like we're a bunch of losers basically. And I, Fran McCaffrey, I think that's the coach, yep. right? Fran, yep. Yeah, he does a great job with that program, but not their best moment. Uh, I couldn't really figure it out because Oregon had the COVID postponement, but I think it was just a mismatch. I think you just have a team that there's no way in hell that they should have been getting six points. I think that they're just better athletes that should have been a pick them, honestly. Uh, and I think more people should have seen that one coming. I think it was just a complete mismatch. And now we got a Pac-12 matchup, USC versus Oregon, to go on to the Elite Eight. Mr. Model, what do you got uh, in terms of lines and uh, who you like in, in that game? Yeah, I think this will be an interesting game. Obviously, these two teams know each other really well. They played each other a bunch uh, throughout the Pac-12 schedule. Um, earlier, U- USC did come and beat uh, Oregon pretty handily, but at the time, I think Oregon may have been experiencing some injuries. They've had a guys, a couple guys, in and out across the year. 
Dana Altman has them playing much better now. So this is looking like it's going to be a, a four point game based on what I'm seeing um, kind of from the uh, th- books or uh, people I uh, respect. The line looks to be two right now. So again, people are thinking it's pretty close. Uh, if I had to pick one way or another, I would actually think that USC is going to cover here. I think the, the Mobley brothers um, are playing phenomenal. Um and I think that they'll continue to, to play. And I think USC has been playing significantly better. Not a great free throw team. The shooting can be a little streaky at times, especially from three. Um, but you get some pretty good presence from uh, uh, Evan Mobley with uh, rebounding and some inside play. We'll see if they can put it all together and take out their Pac-12 foe. I mean, they blew the doors off of Kansas. Coulter, who do you like in that game, USC-Oregon? Yeah, USC is cruising. I, this is another buy sign on USC. I don't think the spread's actually right. I think it should be four or five. I, I like them at minus two. Uh, I like them straight up. <laughs> There's another straight up like the spread too. Give it to me like both ways, baby. Yeah, both ways. I like the coach being uh, the guy who gets to go up against Gonzaga. I feel like that feels right story-wise. Andy Enfield, is that correct? The guy from Florida Gulf Coast? Yes. Uh, I really love that storyline of him being the one who goes up against Mark few and Gonzaga and the elite eight for some reason. I also love that Oral Roberts is in the, the only other 15 that's ever made it. Oral Roberts and Gulf coast. The Gulf coast is on the other side of the bracket. I almost like Oral Roberts to almost advance too for that, just so they can keep hitting that storyline. But uh, I do like USC. They, they, they got margin against Drake, who was a covering machine earlier this year. They made Drake look really weak in the second half of that game. Uh, 30 plus points. I think they limited it to Drake under, under 20 and yeah, just absolutely embarrassed Kansas. I think, um, they had an advantage over Kansas in the paint as we just, you hit on it, Kaz. Um, so I don't want to overinflate them, but I also don't really want to overinflate Oregon because they got a pass with COVID when they played, didn't play, uh, VCU. And then, as I just pointed out, I think they just were a matchup nightmare for, for um, Iowa. So I don't know how much I want to account for that blowout win or, or either of these blowout wins, but I do like USC to advance. It's just kind of where my heart is also Oregon lost to like some really busted teams. I think uh, Mr. Model just mentioned how they were struggling at midpoint of the season. They lost to Washington state at home and who else did they lose to Mr. Oregon Model? state, Colorado. Yeah, they, I was going to say, you know, it better than I do. I know that they were, yeah. they had some real garbage losses in, in their season. Both teams are good though. I mean, I think, if anything, it proved that they were both tremendously underseated. Oregon should have probably been a six-five. Uh, USC definitely should have been a five-four, in my opinion. I mean, when you look at who's left in this bracket, who made the tournament? If Gonzaga, given all that they've got this undefeated season, if they don't come through and win this whole thing, I mean, what a disappointment! <laughs> should they abolish basketball? <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> No, I mean, so, I, I, see, I, my brother made that same thing. He was like, oh, they've got such an easy path. And it's like, do they, they have got USC is a premier program. I mean, think how much money they pump into both football and basketball in LA and then Oregon and Phil Knight is a behemoth. They've made the final four, three times in pro, in the last 15 years. These are not nothing programs just because they come out of the pack to 12 and weren't, you know, promoted before the tournament started. I think this is, this is a tougher route than most people think. And, to kind of go to the Gonzaga game and close it out. I like the spread in that game. Creighton was preseason top 12. The fact that they're getting almost as many points as Oklahoma was in the last game is a really off to me. This, this is of all the lines that, and I know I just hit on the Michigan one earlier. This is off the most. I make this an eight point game. 13 and a half is way high. 
Really? Now, I was uh, I, I bet on them in uh, the Gonzaga Oklahoma game. The spread was 15, and it was like right on the line the entire game down to the wire. They ended up covering it. They went by 16. Um, they seem like a covering machine, Coulter. You don't think they're going to cover this number? They, they are, and that's why it's so juiced. But I, I think Creighton is just being way too undervalued because of the controversy with the coach. And I, I'll admit, I, I definitely sold them under the river. And I also think I heard this on the ESPN earlier. It's like, oh, Creighton beat Ohio. They were garbage. But who cares about who Creighton beat to get to this game? And the fact remains is this was a really good team, and they got railroaded by Georgetown in the Big East final. And they went from being a three, four, as Mr. Model and I talked about last week, to being a five. Uh, so again, not properly seated and definitely not properly evaluated here on the spread. But I, I get your point. The reason why it's so high is because Gonzaga has just been blowing the doors off people. Um, I think the total, though, in this game does show that it's going to be a shootout. And I think those kind of games uh, play into a team like Creighton's hand. So if it's back and forth, back and forth, if we've got like 88 to 75 right that Creighton covers there yeah I, I think you're exactly right and the point that I would call out for Creighton is that in three-point shooting where you want a team with like higher variance that if they get hot they get freaking hot and if they're cold then it's going to be a loss anyway these guys are nearly top 50 in three-point percentage 36.5 percent from behind the arc uh, again one of the better shooting teams from three in division one basketball. So you got to think if they can start shooting lights out, like a Syracuse has been the last two games, they have a good chance to uh, cover and a good chance to even possibly move on and win. outright. Yep. And, uh, and they mentioned that Ohio game Coulter. that to me, that for our pool was my Waterloo. That was my only last shot because the way our pool works for the listeners, uh, you get bonus points for an upset. So, for instance, that game, Ohio was a 13. They're playing Creighton. So, you know, you do the math, eight points extra bonus if you get the win there. I had Ohio winning that one. That was my last chance. And uh, once that game went down to Creighton, my bracket was officially over. I don't think I have any chance now to win this thing. So it was a fun run while it lasted. But you know what? That's why we play these games. That's why That's why we gamble. That's why we play the bracket. And this is why you bounce back the next week. You come back fresh and you just look at the brackets, look at the games that are out there and you play some new bets. So that's what we're doing. All right. Amen. Over over to the South bracket, my friends, I guess, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Ohio state They're you know, huge disappointment, but Oral Roberts, Arkansas, I think that's going to be a game. I think it's going to be a game. And I know, 15 seed. Actually, I don't know. Has a 15 seed ever gone on to the elite eight? I don't no, know. This, have, this right? would be historic. And I, I do love the fact that you just pointed that out. Cause I was hitting on it. I was alluding to the fact that them getting there and making the history when we were talking about USC and their coach, cause it would be really just, I mean, talk about that. Think about, let, let's just paint this picture here for the audience. You have uh sister Jean. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Picasso here in my basement. Sister Jean Gonzaga, literally the definitive uh, Cinderella for the last 20 years of the country. And then the first ever 15 seed ever dancing in the Elite Eight. That would be some Elite Eight. And on top of that, imagine if Oral Roberts is playing Baylor, Michigan advanced. And then you've got Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor, who were the three hype teams all year. They were significant favorites. Illinois really closed the gap in the last two weeks. Uh, we probably didn't talk about that enough, Mr. Model, last week, but Baylor, Michigan, Gonzaga were really ahead of that pack about a month ago, right? I mean, Illinois was like twelve to one, and Michigan was four to one, and then all of a sudden, that almost they almost 
had reversed course at the beginning of the tournament. So Michigan, Baylor, Gonzaga would be fun. And then you have the Oral Roberts. That'd be a lot of fun. I could see it happening. Max Abamas, he's from uh, Dallas. He's leading scorer in the country. He plays on Oral Roberts. Shout out to a Jesuit. He played uh, the same high school as my cousin. How about that? So that spread right now, Oral Roberts, Arkansas, I'm seeing it around 11, maybe 11 and a half depending on your book. Would you take Oral Roberts there? Hell yeah. They just, what I, worst spread of the week. I'm not even kidding. You guys might think that this is just hindsight 2020, but like worst line of the week was Florida minus eight and a half against Oral Roberts. I didn't understand how it, they, they, they kept saying after the game that we expected to win against Ohio state. We expect to make a run. And then the book comes out and throws that stupid lineup. There's no way they just played a team from the sec and they routed them. They just beat Florida. Why would you give Arkansas 11? It's they're clearly not a 15 seed. You shouldn't be looking at them as a 15 seed. Uh, so 11 points is stupid in my opinion. Definitely I, take Robert. I kind of agree. And before Mr. Molly jump in there, I mean, they score a lot of points. So they put up 75 against Ohio state. Same thing with Creighton, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing with, with, uh, the Creighton thing. If they're going to be scoring a lot, I like, kind of like the team to cover a big spread and a high scoring affair where it's going back and forth. Yeah. What do you think, Mr. Model? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw a word of caution to you guys. So, um, Ken Palm and Bart Torvik both have this game as right around a 14 point win for Arkansas. So mm-hmm. I would pump the brakes a little bit and say that those are two guys that I respect in terms of how their models work. Sure. They have this game as like an 86 to 72 versus an 87 to 72 win for Arkansas here. Okay. These two teams have actually played each other, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. 87, 76 when they played in the regular season. Okay. Okay. The Oral Roberts allowed 57 points <laughs> in the second half to Arkansas. Yikes. Just to show you their, their defense kind of imploded, but they were up 10 points at, at half. So maybe that's the way to attack. This is a first half line. Uh, now that we're doing a little bit of research here as we talk, Ooh. I like it. Plus six in the first half. That's value. That's a half point of value right there. That Oral is Roberts plus six with the line at 11. I like it. Okay. Glad we that, did the research. That is something that is something that's a way to attack it because they'll be competitive early. You know, if Arkansas gains margin, it will be late in that game. Yeah. Now, the other game uh, that we have yet to cover Baylor Villanova, I guess that's, uh, you know, pretty chalky with it. Most people probably pick that to uh, to play out here. Um, I don't know. Baylor's look really impressive. The line I'm seeing is seven and a half uh, for, for Baylor. Jay Wright, good coach. Obviously, they don't have Gillespie and Villanova right now, but they've, they've looked really good. They put up 84 against North Texas, which, you know, I guess maybe that was kind of a fluky team that made it in there. Uh, and they easily handled Winthrop. They put up 73. Mr. Model, who do you like in this Baylor-Villanova game? Yeah, I've really liked and been impressed with how Baylor has played the last couple of games. At seven or seven and a half, which is what I'm seeing the line, I'm not sure I would make a bet on the, on the spread for them with that, something that big. I think the something more reasonable is right around four points is what I would expect, but I certainly expect Baylor to come out. I just think I love how their defense and how they can switch um, and how anyone can kind of guard anyone just in terms of the, the body type that they have out on the floor. I think they're a phenomenal team. If they keep shooting from three at the epic, epic rates that they've been shooting this year, I just think they're going to be uh, unstoppable until they hit the finals. Coulter, what's your take on this game? 
Um, I think it's six and a half. It's a little too high. Uh, not to do the whole preseason thing again. Uh, I know I just hit it with Creighton, but Bill Nova was preseason number three in the country. Baylor was two. So we get, this is literally a preseason bout of the, of the gods, so to speak. And I, I, you look at that number and you can't help but think Nova is right up there with the best teams in this country. Similar to Creighton, I think a little underseeded got bounced from the Big East tournament. What is this team doing as a five seed is the question that keeps running through my mind. Paler, really a tough draw here. Uh, we, we talked about the Loyola money line. I think that this is where I'm going to end up. I'm going to do a money line parlay of Baylor and Loyola. I don't love it because I really think Villanova is a threat um, because this is such a tough draw for Baylor. But Gillespie being out, um, you know, I think Baylor might just be this might be their destiny to play Michigan in the COVID uh, the COVID team recovery championship. That's my prediction is Baylor, Michigan. So we'll take the money line there. Um, but do want to caution people. I take the six and a half is that this is preseason number three, Villanova. This is a good team should mention too. the, uh, there's only four teams left in the tournament that were preseason top 16 and they're playing each other. We got Baylor versus Nova and Creighton versus Gonzaga. So how about that? Those should, those should be two good ones. Um, I'm treating those like one fours and, and acting as if there were no upsets in those those two half regions. People have been saying, oh, there's so many upsets. Oh, there's so many upsets. I got two one four matchups. These are two good games. I mean, they're, they're, this isn't crap. And UCLA was a preseason top 25 team. They're playing Alabama. That's a good matchup, too. And Florida State, Michigan is probably the best match of the weekend. So. We've got plenty of good games, plenty of good games, a lot of good action. Now I want to come back to two bets that I threw out uh, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. The first one, and I'll allow you to now reassess your position would be Gonzaga or the field. We threw that out there with 64 teams. Now we're down to 16. Mr. Model, would you take Gonzaga or the field? I'd take the field. Still sticking with the field. Yeah, so the odds that I'm seeing right now have Gonzaga as a champion right around 39, 40% of the time. So if you're giving me 40% 40 versus 60% at both 100, 100 odds, I'll go ahead and take the field and we'll see if a Houston and Baylor can get in there and cause an upset. Now, if they beat Creighton this weekend, I think those odds change. And then we're much closer to Gonzaga as a coin flip against the rest of the field. Okay. Coulter, what would you pick in that one? Yeah, I'd probably take the field too. I, I, I think Baylor, uh, if they can get by Villanova, could potentially have a pretty easy path. And I think just that whole side of the bracket, having Oral Roberts, Syracuse, Oregon State, uh, it feels a little bit limited with those teams. And even Villanova, I know we just, I went on, on a praise of them, but without Gillespie, I don't think they're winning this tournament. So, uh, I, that was at five teams that can't win from that half of the bracket. Whereas I feel, or half of the, yeah, I feel like Gonzaga is going up against a couple of teams that, uh, definitely are capable of winning it all with Michigan, Alabama, Florida state. If they, they get to play them in, I mean, they can't be happy if they match up against Florida state in the final four. That's actually a team that size wise can hang with Gonzaga for a little while. I'm on record. I'm taking Gonzaga. I've got them to win it all. I'm just going to stick with it. They looked really good, so I'll take Gonzaga in that scenario. Now, the second one, which I'll be honest, I thought was going to play out very differently than the way it did, was the Big Ten versus the field. So that just leaves you with Michigan here. Coulter, you were high on Michigan, so Big Ten slash Michigan versus the field. Who are you picking? 
I would take the field again. Yeah, they have a pretty <laughs> they have a pretty tough matchup based on the spread too. I mean, if all the number one seeds, I mean, they're really that's a tight one against Florida State, and then won't be an easy game no matter who they draw in the next one if they advance. Uh, UCLA, Alabama will be both tough outs. I can see. I could really of all the regions that are left, I could see all four of those teams making the Final Four. Uh, probably the most of any of the the regions that are that are left. Um, so yeah, no, I would I would take the field absolutely. I think Michigan has. Uh, the one seeds remaining definitely the hardest path. I'm not saying anything too surprising there. I think everybody would agree. Yep. Mr. Model, what do you like in that scenario? Yeah, I'm, I'm on board of the same thing. I'll take the field in a heartbeat. I'm super shocking to see only one big 10 and one big 12 team still surviving given the uh, tournament so far. Wild, wild stuff. Yeah. I had uh, Michigan. I had Illinois. I had Ohio state and believe it or not, Actually, I had Iowa as well. So, yeah, yeah, I had, I had a bunch of teams I thought were going to be in there. Um, but, yeah, naturally, since I just picked Gonzaga to win it all, uh, I'll take the field in the Big Ten uh, field scenario in that case there. Um, all right. So I went on record with Gonzaga. Mr. Model, give me uh, the team that you think is going to come through and end up uh, cutting down the nets. You know, it pains me to say this because this is one of the teams I don't have a feature on right now, but I think it's going to be Gonzaga. I just can't can't call out another team. I just think this team has been playing lights out. They've been phenomenal, uh, really fun to watch. Um, I think we'll see them. I will be hoping for an upset between now and then and see if a team like a Crichton can, uh, can put them to bed, but uh, I just don't see it happening. It would be quite the historic season, undefeated season. Mr. Uh, excuse me, Coulter, who would you take to cut down the nets? I was about to say, Mr. Coulter's my father. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I, I, I like this Baylor, Michigan idea that I've keep putting out there. I like the, this is the two teams that were kind of eaten up by COVID uh, season, season, darling seasons derailed and then back on the rails. And then, you know, Michigan get, get by <clears throat> Gonzaga, they're playing Baylor. I just feel like that's going to have a lot of momentum. And then you get the two big conferences after a bad showing in the first two rounds of the tournament. If that, I just feel like that, that storyline's great. You get Scott Drew versus Juwan Howard. You've got two of the best teams in the country. Um, that's the one I, I keep talking myself into. I wish I could find a way to parlay it, but I, I'm probably just going to do a couple of mechanicals and try to figure it out that way. That's fair enough. Okay, last question of the evening. Give me one underdog that you think – is going to get a straight-up victory this weekend. Mr. Mono, let's start with you. If there is one. You don't have to force it, but if you think there's one out there, who would you pick? My obvious go-to is Florida State. I think they have the best bet against uh, playing Michigan this weekend. I think Florida State's a really good team. If they can get hot from three, um, I think they'll be lights out. Obviously, Michigan is missing missing livers. Um, been, really, been playing really well recently, but um, I will be rooting for Florida State uh, this weekend, see if they can pull that uh, as, pull that out as a small dog. Coulter, who would you pick? I'm going to go with UCLA. Um, preseason number 21, Mick Cronin, I think is a great coach. No, no, no disrespect to Nate Oates's uh, coaching job, but one of the teams, this was kind of a telltale sign of that Oregon upset against Iowa is they struggled against Grand Canyon tremendously. The one thing I noticed about Alabama is they kind of struggled against Iona in the first round and they did wax uh, Maryland, but I think Maryland didn't really belong in the round of 32. I think they just got a good matchup against UConn. Um, 
So to me, Alabama is actually kind of almost like limping into this matchup. And I think the public perception of it is that UCLA got really lucky that they drew um, Adeline Christian in that, in the second round game where, you know what you play who's on the schedule and they rolled that team and they showed what they can do uh, as a defensive team. And I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what this running gun Alabama offense looks like against a Mick Cronin defense. Uh, and I do think the Pac-12 is a little underrated still. Six and a half points. There's not a lot of respect to a team that's coming out of the hottest conference, I think. So, yeah, UCLA is my pick. I like I like them to play Michigan in the Elite Eight. They've been playing lights out as well. Um, I'm going to take uh, the old favorite uh, that I have, Syracuse. I'm going to go with them. You know, something about Buddy Beheim just being absolutely lights out from the field. Something about the 2-3 zone. Maybe Houston just doesn't know how to deal with it. Um, you know, wonky things happen against that defense and six and a half is not a huge number in terms of the line there. So I think they could get an outright win. I'll go with Syracuse in that number there. You think Hughes could win the region? They, if they win that game, assuming they play Loyola Chicago, I think that's a very intriguing matchup, right? I mean, <laughs> so they have Cuse, they have Cuse at plus 150 in that matchup. They actually have a prop on that. Wow. I kind of like Houston in that, but I don't think they'll get to play that. So then I, I think you're going to get refunded. I, I think Houston is going to be the Houston's team that advances. I mean, Bayheim is obviously a big time coach. He, he is proven it time and time again. So I think he might be able to outmaneuver here, but yeah, it's, it's going to be tricky. Yeah. They have the exact result of the, let me see this. The Syracuse beats Loyola. Let's see if that's different. Syracuse beats Loyola. Yeah. That's plus eight fifty. Now we're wow. talking. That's now we're juice. Talking. Now, now we're juice, baby. Now we're for me, the action is the juice. But you don't. But with that one, you don't actually get the refund. I would assume with this, the with the hypothetical Loyola Syracuse, if either of them lost in the Sweet Sixteen, you you get the money refunded. But this this seems like you're betting on an open kind of thing. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a doozy for me. Obviously, still in the blackout zone. So you know, I put my bets in. In advance, my buddy's been hitting me up all day with these live bets that he was doing. He's been cleaning up on the live bets. And I'm like, you know, you know, I'm in this like little jail of live betting. So please don't rub it in my face. Uh, Can't wait to get into the state of Virginia. I've already researched. There's four possible books I could use so I can really shop around and get the best lines, which I know is a Mr. Model approved method. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was going to say that, that sounds like it could be a sponsored segment come football season. Shop the shopping segment of the week. <laughs> Love it, find Mr. Coulter. Find a local <laughs> grocery store down there. Oh, man. All right, boys. Great work. We got Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday games this week. We got Tuesday action. So sit I back. I like how they stack games. up too. By the way, it's like two, five, seven, and nine thirty. It's yep. kind of it's going to be nice this year because normally in the Sweet Sixteen that you have to watch two at a time. It's usually yep. like they stunt them at seven ten and seven forty, and they're they're kind of running congruent with each other. But this year we'll get to watch one game into another game into another. It's going to be four just layered games. It'll be great. I love that, and this is a, a segue as well, or you know, off topic, but usually. What I love about the football season is just the the regularity. You got games on Sunday, you got a game on Monday, you get through Tuesday, Wednesday, you got a game on Thursday, and then Friday's Friday and it's the weekend, right? You got some nice little rhythm there. With this, now we got Saturday, Sunday, you now got games Monday, Tuesday, you're now almost halfway done with the week, and then we got games again on Saturday. So let's go. We got a nice schedule of basketball ahead of us. All right. Great episode, my friends.
We will see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Fucking All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.